to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howe. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Now this week, we're brought to you by the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Delana Boyd from Ball State University's Office of Community Engagement. As mentioned, we're brought to you by the Schaefer Leadership Academy. And this past week, I had the opportunity to see Mr. Damon Elmore mm-hmm. from Muncie Power Products present at one of their Lunch and Learns. Yeah. What was his topic called? His topic was uh, Step Out of Your Comfort Zone. Oh, cool. Well, that's something we could have probably all learned from. But you also had the chance to take pictures over there of Mr. Elmore. Yes, I was the uh, event photographer, let's say. Um, but he did a great job. He, he told about his background, uh, his slides. He had uh, old pictures, pictures of himself. Pictures of himself as a kid and things like that. Yes, and they, they were something else. So, uh, no, he's got a lot of personality. He delivered a great presentation, uh, was really engaging with the audience. and uh, It looked time. like there were a lot of people in the room. and it, yeah. I mean, they always do lunch good. Well, great. Well, make sure to check out more of their awesome work at SchaeferLeadership.com. As most of you know, Angie did not go to a regular did not go liberal to a arts real, college nope. like we have in our backyard of Ball State University. Nope. You went to? I went to a Bible college. It was a two-year unaccredited Bible college. So if I want to go back to school, I have to start all over um, because we didn't take like regular classes. Like I wanted to be a music pastor. Yeah. Um, a music minister, I think is what they would call it because women can't be music pastors because we're women. Um, but not that I'm bitter or anything, huh? Um, but so I wanted to be a music minister um, and I wanted to have be a preacher's wife and all that kind of stuff. So I went to Bible college um, where we didn't take science or English or math. Those were my worst subjects in I mean, college. Come those on. would. I mean, yeah, I got great. I got great grades in college because it was uh, Bible, which. OK, I can take Bible class. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, sev- like several lots of Bible classes, um, a worship. Like, we took worship leading classes, like how to like put together set lists and things like that we had keyboarding and we had a conducting class one semester so i know how to like conduct in orchestra not not orchestras because we were really mm-hmm. talking about like praise bands and worship things and stuff like that but uh so we took a conducting class and choir and different things like that now as i came into ball state university i was not the academic type or anything really? like that, but i did get in i'm so proud of myself <laughs> Uh, because not only did I get in, I actually graduated from there. So I, uh, I was so bad at English and, you know, my first, first language, uh, mm-hmm. I had to take English or it was split up into two, like one, maybe it's 102, 103, something like that. Whereas everybody else who ever went to school with me, they got right in. Right. You so know, they, the they got right into English the regular, you, so you were like in remedial English. Yeah. I had oh. to take two <laughs> semesters of it instead of one. So okay. there was that. And then math was math 125 where uh, I don't even consider it math. We like, we added binary numbers. I don't even know what those are. Zeros and ones and things like that. It was crazy. Was and that because you were going things, into TCOM maybe? Maybe. Or were you just not know. good at math? I mean, 
I was not good at math. Now, science, though, I did enjoy because I took an astronomy class. <gasps> I know. I love you astronomy. Love ast- you still love astronomy. And the astronomy. planetarium. It was great. So mm, It's great. No, we didn't take any of that in school. I took a Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, which is basically like a semester-long study of the Old Testament, and then another one of New Testament. Took a whole semester on the book of Acts because it was very important to that the denomination I was in the book of Acts is where the Holy Spirit comes and everybody speaks in tongues and healing and all that kind of thing so that was important so I took a whole semester on the book of Acts I think I took one on like marriage and family which was funny because we're all like single young people (laughs) who are just looking to get married and stuff like that so that was interesting um but yeah I took lots of music classes and piano lessons and all that kind of stuff but no like regular real classes (laughs) I ended up with a uh, with two minors, one in Japanese, which is amazing. I because can't believe you have a minor in Japanese. I, I had to see all the way through that uh, that experience. That was two years of horrible not understanding what was going on, and then the uh, the other minor was in history, which I loved. Oh well, that makes I could all right. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. What about living at the dorms? I lived in the dorms my first year. Did you? Okay. I did too. Now, my dorms were probably a little different than your dorms. It was single. Like, only girls were in the girls' dorms and only boys were in the boys' dorms. Um, Boys were allowed inside. Like, we had a residence hall. Boys were allowed in there on Tuesdays and Thursdays from, like, 7 to 9 or something like that. But only in that area. Yeah, we didn't have cable or TV or an antenna or anything. So, approved movies. So, this is in the 90s. Veggie Tales, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But boys were not allowed inside the dorms ever. And girls were not allowed inside the boys' dorms, like, ever. So, I lived in a co-ed dorm. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Each... (laughs) Each level had, uh, bo- like, boy, girl, boy, girl. Right, so the second floor is boys, third floor is girls, or Yeah, whatever. we were on the, I believe, the fifth floor, and uh, so that was all dudes, and then above and below us were women. We're, okay. Uh, at that time, girls, Chicks. I guess, when, when I was 20-something. And so, yeah, we got to hang out upstairs or downstairs in the lounges. Uh, it was... Could you go in each other's rooms? Um, up until a point, I think the RA, I think enforced it at some point, maybe 11, 12 o'clock at night, something like that. In fact, the the curfews, I I believe they were there, but I don't remember any. Well, you also almost flunked out of college your first year. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) I did did have some late nights where I came in and I think the doors were locked and I just waited for somebody to come around and they did. So got right in. That's crazy. Now, what about your curfews? Oh, my curfew was, I think, 10 on the weekdays and 11 on the weekends. And then I did a summer semester there where the rules were a little more lax. And that was uh, 11 on weekdays and midnight on weekends. Now, didn't you get, like, charged something? Yes. If you were late, they locked the doors at, like, 10 o'clock. And if you were late, you had to get one of the uh, security guards to let you in. And they charge you a dollar a minute for every minute you're late. In the studio with us, we have Delana Boyd. Now, tell me about that long title of yours. I'm uh, you're, you're from Ball State. That I'm, means you, you get the longest titles available. <laughs> we do have long titles at the university. I'm the Associate Vice President for Community Engagement. Okay, right. that is a mouthful. That's why we let you guys tell, <laughs> give us the title, because it's, it's, it's a mouthful. But that's all right. So what's that mean, and what do you do? What do you do? So uh, I think the easiest way to think about our job is to think about the Office of Community Engagement serving as a window or uh, front door to the university resources. There are 
literally thousands of people at the institution and folks who are there to help serve, but it's hard to determine sometimes who to make that call to. So if you think about our office as providing that first step, that's an easy place to access the university's resources. So tell me about your background. Where'd you grow up? Actually, I grew up in Greenfield, Indiana. I went to New Palestine High School. Oh, okay. Home of the Dragons. Dragons. Uh, you don't see dragons. many high schools with dragons now, what, no. as a mascot. Now, what was that mascot like? He was a dragon. Giant dragon. Did a giant you, dragon, Did you yes. have like a guy dressed up as a dragon in a costume or anything? Or? I, you know, that was, that was not a lot of years ago. <laughs> I, I I, honestly, those are those are tough questions. I don't, I don't recall back that far. Do you okay. have wings? Do you breathe fire? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't recall. So it's good that I could recall that I went to New Palestine High School and that the mascot was a that, dragon. That's pretty good. Yeah, that I is. agree. I went to school in uh, Terre Haute okay. at Indiana State University. Uh, my dad was an ISU grad, my aunt, my grandma, so there really wasn't any thought to going anywhere else. It was right before I got ready to leave for school that my dad asked, would you like to go somewhere else? And it never occurred to me to go anywhere. So I uh, started my undergraduate degree at ISU as a computer science major, found myself in a lab one night unable to decode whatever I was supposed to decoding, and I flipped the computer screen, gave it a little toss, you know, a little flick in the corner and said, I don't think this is for me and changed my major. The next day I became a business administration major. Okay. Finished my degree as a, as an undergrad with a business administration degree and went on that same year to get my MBA. Excellent. Yeah, it's always good when people realize this direction is not necessarily the one I want forever, yes. you know, before they finish school. <laughs> and it's hard at 18 to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. So it was a good first step. I think that it taught some good critical thinking skills, concrete sequential. Uh, you know, I think those have served me well over time, but that was not the path for me. It is for other folks. Mm-hmm. The business administration was a great fit for me. Awesome. So tell me about a little bit about your family. Uh, my husband, Brian, had two girls when we got married, Leslie and Tennille. And so I've always felt like I had my big girls, and then he and I had a son together, so I had my little boy. Okay. But he graduated from Ball State last year, so now he towers above he's the not girls. Your so now boy. he's my, my big boy, and I have my little girls. Okay. <laughs> we also, I have three step kiddos from Matt's previous marriage and all of that, plus one little together. So yeah, although she's five, so she's still little, but she thinks she's big. <laughs> So tell me about the time period uh, from New Palestine. How did you get to Ball State University? There was a group of uh, university folks who got together, a peer group. And I was always so impressed with the folks from Ball State. Their work was very targeted. To me, they were the folks who were were from the can-do institution. They would roll up their sleeves jump into a problem or situation and find a way to solve it. And I I was impressed with them. And a position came available, and my boss at the time at ISU encouraged me because I was a a two-time ISU grad, and my first job was at Indiana State as well. So he was helping, I think, to push me out of the nest a little bit Mm -hmm. and said, why don't you go go explore that position? And I met Joanna Wallace and Frank Sabatine and fell in love with Ball State even more and couldn't wait to be a part of what was happening here. I've always felt like they had a great thing going, and it's been my job to not mess it up, just to make sure that I I kept that going and that I can continue their legacy. And I hope that as they look back now, that they're grateful for that day that they drove to Terre Haute and talked to me in my office about coming to Ball State. So I hope they don't rue that day, but I hope they look back on that favorably as one of the best decisions they made. Yeah, I'm sure they probably do. Now, how long ago was that? I have been at Ball State since 1990. Very good. You were there when uh, I went to college there. Is that right? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I was 92 to 97. I was on the five-year plan. Yeah. yeah. He had to take a little extra time. But. My son was, uh, he, the kids can come in with so many dual credit opportunities. And we asked Kyle, do you want to move through f- faster? Would you like to graduate in three and a half years? It'll be easy for you to do that. He said, are you kidding me? This is as good as it ever gets. Why would I want to end in- in this early? And to me, that's, that's what we were saying the other day. Like, enjoy it. You've got the rest of your life to work and, you know, have somewhere to be and answer to somebody else and everything. These are the best years of your life. Enjoy them while you can. Yeah. It depends uh, on the student. There yeah, are some yeah. students that yeah. that's yeah. just different. That's why we asked the question. And Kyle wanted to milk it for all it was worth. So he, he hung in there as long as possible. Well, that, that works. <laughs> What's changed at the university since you've started to where it is now? There are a lot of physical changes. I think for those who have been around, you can see what we've managed to do mm-hmm. on the campus. And I hope that you're very proud of that work. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That well, bell tower is amazing. And, and the, the, the new buildings they're building now, yes. are they look amazing. And they're still in construction and everything. So and the, the boulevard through the middle, mm-hmm. I think, really pulls the campus together. Mm-hmm. The thing that I think has has maintained the same from the beginning to the end, the work that I do, is this feeling of of giving back. How can we connect our resources the best way possible to those that we're trying to serve? So while we've had different presidents and we may have had different taglines, there's a consistency in the work and a, and a sense of, of camaraderie. And I think that that's only grown, especially in the last few years. Mm-hmm. The connection between the university and the community has been on a, an upward tra- trajectory for a number of years. So while physically we've changed a lot, I think there's some common threads throughout the years that I can see. Absolutely. And I've seen the Office of Community Engagement and other other departments out in the community um, engaging with prospective students and employers and different places like that. So I see you guys out a lot more uh, than I did maybe 10 years ago and those kinds of things. So I think nice. part of that is the focus on Muncie, Delaware County. Mm-hmm. For, for many years, our focus was to figure out a way to get the university's resources throughout the state of Indiana. We don't have branch campuses, so the way that we were in those communities, we physically drove to those communities and provided connections to the university. A few years ago, there was a, a, a realization that we needed to focus and be more intentional about the way that we were using the university resources to assist locally. And that's when the Office of Community Engagement was born. Mm-hmm. Prior to that time, my office was part of Building Better Communities. Okay. So there's still folks at the university who are serving the state. We're a state-funded institution. That's the right thing for us to do. But a small portion of the team, the folks that you know as the Office of Community Engagement, spend time, and I, I use air quotes, I say, we get to stay home. Mm-hmm. So we get to spend time sitting on boards, being parts of planning committees, being parts of the activities that are going on in the in the community, and figuring out better ways that we we can provide and connect our resources. Just recently, we were pulling information together for performance appraisals, and I counted over 30 different nonprofit oh, wow. organizations, planning organizations, and task forces that the professional staff members are involved in locally. So I sit on the, the board for the YMCA of Muncie and the Downtown Development Partnership. Uh, what's something you wish you had known started when you started out? I wish I had known to relax more. I was very um, uptight, Mm -hmm. maybe still have tendencies. If you talk to the folks who work with me and my family, they (laughs) would say, absolutely. I think I wish, so if you go back and you think about what what message would you give your younger self, Mm -hmm. I I would tell myself to relax and not be so serious about things. And I'm truly working on that right now. I feel like we have an unprecedented, unprecedented opportunity with the university and the community partners right now and with the strategic plan. Everything is aligned 
perfectly. I don't want to mess that up. And I also don't want to look back in a couple of years and think, oh, I was so worried about dotting every I and crossing every T that I forgot to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. This is incredible. I've never seen it like this before. So I don't want to miss it. Right. I don't want to worry my way through it. Enjoy the process yes. and the journey. I have I have been blessed that I feel that I've been surrounded by people who have supported me. I've had male bosses and female bosses, and I feel like they've all paid into my development equally. Mm -hmm. Now, what does success mean to you? I think success means taking the talents that I've been given and putting them to use for a greater good. In this instance, I feel like the university's paid into me since 1990. Mm -hmm. They have developed who I am by professional development opportunities and the experiences that I've had, successes and failures. And this is the way that I can give back. This is what I have to give back. And because of the focus on community engagement, I think I'm perfectly poised to make major contributions. So to me, success is using those talents to the, to the greatest extent possible. After it's all said and done, after you've achieved success, you're done with the university, what are you, what are you gonna do now? I think I wanna go whitewater rafting. Okay. I haven't fun. ever been, mm -hmm. and I had some friends who went a few years ago, and that seemed like a fun thing to do. I think everyone should have something that you get an adrenaline rush from, and I haven't ever done that, so I think that would give that kind of adrenaline rush that I'm looking for. So what do you do for fun to relax? Kyle, when Kyle was in school, fun meant following him to whatever, for whatever, whatever season we doing. were in, mm -hmm. baseball and basketball through high school. After he graduated, or right before he graduated, my husband bought a boat, which I rolled my eyes and thought was the silliest thing ever. Although, when I was a kid, we grew up water skiing and camping. I thought, there's no way we're going to get back into that. And I was wrong. And we do. We camp and we water ski. And I was able to pick water skiing back up, just no problem. The first time we went out, the kids threw me a ski and they started to throw the second ski. And I said, oh, no, I only know how to use one. At one point when we were growing up, my dad quit giving us two skis and said, <laughs> just the out. one. So I was able to slalom after all those years. It was it was probably 20 years from the last time. So that was that adrenaline rush that I was talking mm -hmm. about. That's why I think I'm an adrenaline junkie now. I think that that's back. That feeds that. When we were kids, we had dirt bikes and snowmobiles and four-wheelers. And now that I'm adult, you know, maybe we can do those things again. Fun. And that we're not tied up sitting sitting at basketball games and baseball games, which I wouldn't trade for anything. But now that that phase right. of my life now you're in a is different, over. a different phase. Yeah. And yeah. our grandkids are starting to, to enjoy this as well. Hallie, the youngest, learned to water ski at four. Oh, wow. So lots of fun to watch her waving at people on the lake. <laughs> How many grandkiddos do you have? I have four. Four. Which lake do you uh, go up to? Mississinawa. Mississinawa? Through, the, okay. through the most of the summer, but we've started to spend one week at Norris Lake in Tennessee. So okay. we spend an entire week in a, in a big house with 20 family and friends and three boats, and we water ski from morning till night. <laughs> it also sounds like a good way to tucker out all the grandkiddos, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite book? So at this point, I'm supposed to tell you some favorite self-help book, but you ask favorite. So several of us in the office have read the Diana Gabaldon series, the Outlander series. Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, in terms of favorite, if we're talking personal favorites, absolutely, that's my favorite. Now, that's the one they turned into a TV show, right? They did. And I'm reluctant to watch the TV show because I have uh, in my mind well, you've who got the characters, characters are. And what they look like And I've in lived through eight books with them. I, I hate to change that now. 
Yeah, that's always the the hard part. Watching the movie or the TV show after you read the books because you get them all like you know what they look like and yes. and that kind of in your own head and then you're like that's not what Harry Potter looks like at all or whatever. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes, I agree. Do you have a hidden talent? That's funny. My son-in-law would say that my hidden talent is that I can fold a fitted sheet. That is a that's a very valuable can talent. You? I can't can. do it. Oh, I can. I can make it look just like a flat sheet. No That's, I didn't know that it was a hidden talent until I folded a sheet in front of him once and he was amazed and said, do it again. Do it again. That's awesome. I've I've even watched like the YouTube tutorials and my mom, I, my mom, mom, I know you taught me how to fold a fit a sheet when I was a kid, but I can't do it now. I just wad them up and put them in the closet. <laughs> so since you're all about community engagement, what's your most favorite thing about Muncie? Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's hard. There's a lot of good things about Muncie. Eating. You choose just one. Actually, I don't I don't think it's a thing. I think it's the feeling. Okay. I think it's this feeling of of willing to give back, of willing to work together. There's a, a there's a grittiness to us. We're going to roll up our sleeves. We're not quite sure what we're going to become, but we're going to work really hard to figure out what our next steps are, and we seem to be doing it together. I see many of the same folks in the community, and we're all trying to figure out what those next steps are, and we're willing to take those leaps of faith as long as I think we can lock arms and agree that we're going we're gonna to be there for one another. So it's more a feeling than mm-hmm. a place. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. So there's a show on Netflix that I've seen. It's a movie or something like that. It's called Would You Rather. On it's Netflix? a horror movie. Oh, okay. So let's play Would, Would you, you Rather with Matt and Angie. So, number one, husband. Yes. Would you rather get a paper cut between your fingers every time you touch a piece of paper or bite your tongue every time you eat something? I'll I'll go with the paper cut because I could, I, I you know. Once you I bite like, it, you keep biting it. I like my tongue. Okay. For many reasons, but mostly eating. Most, mostly eating. <laughs> tasting. <laughs> now, my fingers and hands, you know, getting know. cut all the time. I, I guess I just wouldn't touch paper that much. You don't touch a whole lot of paper already because you're like computer right. guy or whatever. I, I think go I'd paperless. go with the paper, paper cut because, yeah, I like my tongue and I don't know. Eventually, you cut your fingers and you get used to it. So, would you rather have sandpaper as toilet paper Ugh. or have to use hot sauce as eye drops? <sighs> Ouch. That's both of those. Where did you get these questions? From the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to keep them not gross. All right. This is kind of gross. Sandpaper as toilet paper seems terrible. So maybe hot sauce as eye drops. I know. I don't I don't use eye drops that much. So don't you think your eyes would get used to the eye drops eventually? I don't think my butt would get used to toilet paper. You mean paper. the hot sauce? Sandpaper. They get used to the hot sauce? Yeah. I don't think they would. <laughs> I think I'd get more used to it than my butt would get used to sandpaper. <laughs> Would you rather find true love or win the lottery? Lottery all the way. Me too. <laughs> Man, let's go to let's go to Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> Would you rather go skydiving or mountain climbing? Oh, I'm a mountain climbing person. I'm uh, not jumping out of a perfectly good plane. That's I don't want to do either one, but I would think skydiving would be over quicker and if i were gonna die i would die quicker yeah but i like nature and stuff like it's all about the journey getting up there so mm, i'm going skydiving get it done get it over with would you rather put a stop to war or end hunger i think if you stop war you're going to end hunger in hunger eventually i think war displaces people makes things hard to uh find and get good food uh so yeah i think you took my answer 
yeah if yeah. you if you get rid of war you solve a lot of problems eventually at some point down the but road. you create some problems well that's true because then because your economy could crash well what do you need you need a good war well to that's build true. i was gonna say the gun manufacturers up. might go out of business and the people who make the bullets and mm, all right that might be my liberal leanings coming through a little bit yeah just think <laughs> how much we spend on the military oh, oh my gosh all, we and all those war, military people would be out of jobs exactly so we'd, we'd have bigger problems we would so have other problems. thank goodness for people that don't like each other well we're always <laughs> we're always gonna have that so i guess i guess we're in luck all right, would you rather spend the night in a luxury hotel room or camping surrounded by beautiful scenery? Uh, a luxury hotel room, please. I'll be there with you because uh, as much as I like the outdoors, I do not enjoy camping on the ground, tent, whatever. If it's in a cabin, we're I'm, cool with we're that. We're down with cabins. I thought you were to say camping for sure. No. Mr. Boy Scout, you used to do all kinds of Boy Scout stuff. Yeah, but... Uh, you got it all out of your system? I got it out of my system and I, I would... I can't remember the time I was at a luxury hotel with uh, little candies on the pillows or Me anything neither. like and that. And camping is really just paying money to like act like you're homeless. And <laughs> I just don't see why you do that. Would you rather be able to breathe underwater or fly through the air? I'm going to say fly through the air because I don't like underwater. Mm, well, then I'll just say breathe underwater just because be I can contrary. see crazy uh, sea creatures and things in the nice tropic areas. Yeah. I don't want to see the, the sea. I don't want to see these sea creatures. They freak me out. I don't want to see them. So I'll fly through the air. Thank you very much. Would you rather live the rest of your life as a monk, or be followed continuously by the paparazzi? I'd go as the paparazzi because I kind of lived like a monk in my previous life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I'd like to try the monk lifestyle. I mean, if, if things allow. Monks are not allowed to have sex. Then we're totally going to be followed by paparazzi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I'll be singing the Lady Gaga song the entire time. Paparazzi. I'll be yours. I'm going to sing every every show we do. <laughs> Would you rather have the ability to see into the future or read minds? Read minds. I can make so much money by reading minds. That's true. If I could read minds, I would know what my clients want all the time. And exactly. that would save me a lot of time and heartache. Headache. And if I saw it in the future, it may be something I really don't want to see. That's true. Like when you die. Like I don't want to know when I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, you could be hit by a car. You don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I just want to live my life in blissful ignorance. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K, or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. And don't forget, today's episode was brought to you by Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has Gone Boss.